Welcome back to Coaching Kern, and I'm Dave D'Agostino. I'm here with my co-host and star of the show, Sal Marinello. It's episode 62 of the Coaching Kern and podcast, and we are with the Hot Corner with Coach Sal, rendition number five of this Hot Corner. We've had some great responses that we're not going to share. We've got a couple special emails. I know it made you, it, uh, it really resonated with you um, when we, we chatted the other day, and that's good. I think not just for you, but for our audience that uh, they're getting a chance to give feedback to you and really drive the show. So Sal, welcome back. Uh, happy Friday to you here. And, yeah, uh, great to be here. Just the way I end every one of my weeks is with Sal. So, um, so we got we have a interesting topic today that we're going to kind of begin at the beginning. We'll see if we can come to the end, which is what the topic is, and then stop. But Major League Baseball just partnered with a CBD company out of Charlotte, I believe. Uh, sport uh, it's, to- it's called Charlotte's Web. It's, uh, oh, Charlotte's actually, Web. I think they're Canadian. Canadian, okay. It's uh, a sports – they're going to do a sports cannabis line with MLB logo and MLB uh, sponsorship, money rights. And when we look back in time, as you and I talked about, you know, there's, there's always some sort of substitute – uh, painkiller, something to alleviate or relieve the rigorous activity that a, a pro athlete goes to through specifically baseball. And uh, we talked about how it went through the line. And as we came up with the show, kind of starting at the beginning. Uh, but first, I want to see if you had any initial thoughts on that. And then we'll, we'll get going with the, the first pain reliever. And we'll kind of lead our way up to uh, hopefully the sports cannabis line CBD. Well, yeah, I think, you know, it's it, it, obviously these guys put their bodies through stresses and strains that the average person doesn't. So they need, we, we all recognize they need uh, um, ways to alleviate and the less uh, extreme and the less stresses and side effects that these guys have to contend with from the, from these quote cures or these uh, remedies, the better. So <clears throat> I think one of the things here with this CBD oil is that it's not, you know, the, to be legal in the, in the United States, at least, I think it's you can't. It's not derived from marijuana. It's not derived from quote pot. It's derived from hemp. Which, you know, I'm I'm not uh, you know a, a pharmacologist, and I'm not a pothead, and I'm not, I don't mean that in a negative way uh, or a pot of uh, potophile. But hemp is is different than than marijuana, and I think it's um, you know where some people get confused over the two that we get some disagreements about whether or not this is something that should be used. Yeah. That being, think- you know, that being said, I think we're still early on in the research phases for both, you know, the CBD oil and for the um, medicinal use of pot itself, which has the THC ingredient, which is the other, you know, let's just for the sake of argument, that's the, the, the money maker, that's the money shot is the THC. So I think that's the thing we have to keep in mind when discussing this as well. And that's the big differentiator you're saying is the THC between. Yeah, the- if you look at like, if you look at the studies they've done, like I just, I've read one recently about reaction time and dri- for drivers that, you know, the CB, they, they did a, a study with uh, uh, groups that were exposed to a uh, substance that had THC in it and the substances that were the, the CBD oil and, and similar, <clears throat> and by far the the impairment comes with the C, uh, with the THC uh, as the ingredient. So that's what what we typically think of when we're quote talking about pot. You know, smoking pot, vaping pot. You know, the edibles that include a, a, a THC. 
um, are the ones that people are using to in, you know, whether it's uncool or not to say it to get high. So, you know, that's not what CBD oil is. CBD is supposed to be, you know, the pain relief side of it without the hallucinogenic uh, side of it. That's interesting. I'm learning as you're talking right now, too. It's because I'm probably similar to a lot of our audience where I didn't know the difference. And, you know, as we look back in time with, you know, we're talking specifically baseball, but we, we can branch out to other sports. There's a lot of, I guess, and they may have been controversial at the time they started, but there's a lot of items throughout time that have, you know, served this purpose in sports and may have been initially thought of as no way, maybe violently opposed, eventually accepted as, you know, this is a part of the, the, the game. So we were going to kind of run through that with you today and, and have you talk about, uh, you know, where they fit and what was, what's alarming about it. And, you know, does it in fact reduce the body's ability to heal? Um, that's the main thing, right? We want the body to heal and continue to thrive. So the, the first one I was going to throw at you was just the, the routine icing. I mean, that seems to be commonplace now. Uh, you know, you, you finish playing, you throw some ice bags on, you see all these apparatuses, pitchers wrapped from shoulder to elbow to, to forearm and um, ice baths. I mean, you name it. But uh, talk about routine icing. Well, me. you know, there's a there's been a movement in the uh, athletic trainers uh, area from colleagues of mine that, you know, they're getting away from the uh, immediate mandatory you know, routine icing because, you know, the body has its own mechanisms and ability to uh, fight the inflammation and to have this anti-inflammatory healing process that when you're, you know, immediately plunging your arm or your foot or your ankle or your knee into an ice bath when you don't have a, um, you know, especially in a specific uh, extreme injury standpoint, you're basically dampening the the body the body's ability to, to heal itself. So there's a, a definite movement amongst some of the co- like I said some colleagues I know. You know, don't ice all the time right off the bat. You want that body your body to have to fight some of that inflammation. You know, Dave, there was an article I just read also about you know taking Tylenol to stop the f- fever when you have the flu, and basically the fever is the body's ability or the body's attempt to kill the invading virus. Um, and, and by taking that Tylenol and getting the <clears throat> getting your temperature down, you're really impeding your body's ability to fight that infection, so to speak. So, you know, that that's another thing that's become <clears throat> uh, routine that is taking the body's place uh, of, of to be able to heal itself. And then you become dependent on these other methods which then makes your body more susceptible and it becomes this vicious cycle. So it's, it's, it's ironic that they're taking it to what they believe to get that immediate relief, but over the long haul, they're reducing their bodies and their, I guess their mind and their body's ability to stave that stuff off on its own, um, which makes them have to take more Tylenol in this case. Stay, let's stay on that track too. We, I've seen this a lot at the youth level and it makes me, uh, it sickens me to see it. I'll see kids kind of preemptive. We're talking post with the ice, but preemptive pop in, you know, three, 3000 milligrams of whatever you want to call it, Tylenol or Advil or to, I guess, alleviate the pain that they potentially may feel later on down the road. I'm not quite sure, but I, I've saw, I've seen kids pop that like it's candy. 3000 milligrams, is a lot to take. 
uh, for an adult even. But uh, what's your thoughts on that? That is a horrifically bad idea. Um, you know, <laughs> and the younger, the better, or the younger, the worse, depending on how you want to phrase it, you know, to, to take a preemptive anti-inflammatory, you're, you know, and that's not just for your arm, just for a pitcher. If you're running the bases and you tweak your ankle or you, you know, you're less sensitive, your body sends you those sim- signals of pain for a reason. They're not, you know, they're not background noise. They are foreground or, you know, up, up at the forefront of, a body's uh, a, um, uh, ability to communicate with your with the owner. You know, your body can't talk to you in, in words. It talks to you in pain. So, you know, that kid that's, you know, not only – let's not even get – we'll get to the damage the kid's doing to his uh, liver and kidneys. But, you know, to just be preemptively shutting off that mechanism of communication where your body's going to let you know something's wrong is, is just a horrific idea. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree. And I, I, you heard me laugh out loud. I didn't mean to do that when you basically put it in one sentence. It's a horrific idea. I hope the kids are listening out there and, and uh, if they're about to pitch, throw those pills in the garbage. Sorry to cut you off, but it goes for like any, huh. any adult out there that I know guys and women that do it before their workout. And, and it's a bad idea. You know, of, of taking four Advil is not, you know, a warm up for your back. It's, you know, the fact that you don't feel your back doesn't mean it's helping you. You know, uh, that's part of the problem, too. And again, over time, all of that, uh, those NSAIDs and those other uh, substances you're using are just not good for your body, not good for your system. And the common theme is, you, you, you know, nobody wants pain, but pain isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's communicating. Like you said, it's the your body can't talk and it talks through the pain receptors letting you know that, you know, you've reached a limit. Kind of going back to icing, you, you made a great point um, in the industry not to jump on the ice right away. Is there a time between, you know, that old adage, don't swim after, you know, you eat for 20 minutes. And I don't know if that's true or not. I don't want to get into that. But after icing, is is there an optimal amount of time you should allow your body to relax? I guess it would depend on the workload, right? Well, I think it depends on the workload. It depends on, you know, how about this, Dave? Do we even know with some of these younger athletes now who have by routine iced immediately after they throw, do we even know what their healing process is like? See, that's the problem. The problem is now we're at a point where we don't have a good starting point to measure this because I'm going to guess the last 10 years, I think icing was done automatically and, and maybe longer you know you probably have some more visibility into that i know <clears throat> I, I i it's probably more than 10 years because you know how time goes when you're older time goes by faster so you know what you think is 10 years might be 15 or 20 it might have even been longer than that so um the problem I, I would go back to my original point the problem i feel is at this point we don't know now what someone's baseline you know healing process is going to be like because they're so used to popping the advil popping uh, or wrapping up in ice, plunging in ice. So, um, and, and you know, there's a difference even, but so I have some uh, of my colleagues are advocates of the ice plunge. If any of you guys are Joe Rogan fans, you know, he's a big ice bath guy. That's a completely yeah. different, that, that's a different mechanism when you're in, you know, getting your whole body submerged and in that temperature in the ice bath. So that's, that's a, a, a completely different mechanism. We're talking here about uh, the immediate post-activity, non-injury-related icing. 
for yeah, and I'll be honest with the audience. Like this is something that I've, again, I never questioned it. Um, something that I've, I've done or I've promoted to pitchers right after and never thought about it until you, as happens at most shows with, with us, you, you say something that's uh, very, you say very simply. And I think about it like, why didn't I think about that before? But it does, it reduces the body to, to the ability to heal itself naturally. And it makes sense. Uh, so for the kids out there, parents, yeah, I mean, ice, but it, you, you've got to allow your body to understand how to heal itself is what you're saying. And, you know, the other thing is you have, and this is a societal problem, not to get on a soapbox, but we joke about the fat players, the fat baseball players and the pros. But a lot of that is, you know, the, the diet is responsible for that. And, you know, a lot of these diets that are high in carbohydrates and sugar are inflammatory. And that's adding to, you know, inflammation is inflammation. So if you're doing something that is going to result in your body becoming inflamed or certain parts of your body becoming inflamed, if you're eating a certain way, you know, then it's even worse. Now for the couch potato, it's not a great idea either, but it's worse for these pro athletes who depend on being at a hundred percent or close to that as much as possible. You know, the old saying is the best, the best ability is availability. So, you know, all those things compound and make an athlete less resilient and less robust than he should be. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And we weren't going to touch on this. We'll get to the the next uh, topic with with the intake that people are taking in their bodies. But this this sleep affect that also, or lack of sleep. You're talking about diet. You talk about you know your whatever your physical fitness level is before you do the activity as part of it. Does sleep weigh into that at all? Oh yeah, I think of- if you were to make a, a preparation pyramid. Um, of, you know, the important layers working your way up, I think sleep has to be the foundation because the sleep uh, function is the most important of everything that we do. Uh, And then, uh, you know, the nutritional comes in there as well. You know, we could go into the whole concept of breathing and breathing through your mouth. That's another subject they've put in your legal pad. Uh, Mouth breathing versus breathing through the nose during activity is, is another huge uh, important thing that we've lost as a society and that we could go into that at another point, but, uh, sleep is the most important thing. And again, if you're not getting eight hours of, of efficient sleep, you're behind the eight ball from, you know, from the get go. No, I, 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 I agree with that. And I'm not, I don't want to deep dive because I do want to cover it in depth in another topic, but just briefly the breathing, you, you said, uh, you see mouth breathers, mouth breathing is bad, correct? Correct. And, and you know, that the, the, the pejorative of a mouth breather has come, has roots in, you know, developmental issues that people suffer from who don't, and whether it's because of habit or because of other disease or other circumstance that don't breathe through their nose regularly, you know, obviously the act of breathing is automatic, but how you breathe doesn't necessarily be autom- isn't necessarily automatic. Um, and a book to recommend is The CO2 Advantage by Tim McCown, which really could go into great detail. It's a great book to listen to um, that will help you identify if you're breathing improperly. Most people do breathe improperly. I see it a lot with my clients when they exercise. You can tell a lot about how someone breathes uh, during an exercise session. 
you know, I did the, there's many self tests in these, in the, in the book. And if you take a couple of these self tests, you can very simply see how your breathing has been messed up. If it's been, if, if it's been messed up, my uh, experience tells me that most people will have impacted the way they breathe to a point where it could be detrimental for them. So, um, I would love to deep dive that in one of our shows because I find that's the most common correction I make in either sport that I work with now with basketball or baseball with kids. Cause I don't like to correct mechanics on baseball players live because it, it just doesn't help them compete. It slows their brain down. They shouldn't be thinking about mechanics hitting or pitching during that time. What's done is done. Same thing with basketball players, with shooters. Um, you don't want to mess with mechanics, but the most common thing I remind kids of, and I don't say I should say breathe properly uh, to correct it, but I tell them, I remind them to breathe. And I, I kind of laugh inside because that's the most basic human function that we have. We don't breathe, we die. Um, and kids invariably will forget to breathe while they're playing sports and it tenses them up. Uh, they, they, I find their fluidity is gone. I could tell right away when they're not breathing. Well, and part of that is I think they're not breathing correctly all the time. So that is their responses to then impact their breathing when they're in a stressful situation. Um, but like even beyond the performance aspect, you know, breathing through your nose helps filter out most of the impurities that, you know, are naturally occurring. <clears throat> so if you're breathing through your mouth all the time, you're, you're getting right into your lungs. A lot of the garbage that your body's system, your body's system is designed to filter out. Um, also in colder weather, if you're a, you know, a baseball player, you know, in the Northeast now, you're playing baseball at some point in the cold. If you're breathing through your mouth, that freezing cold or colder than cold air, maybe not quite freezing air, is going straight into your lungs rather than going through your nasal passages where it's warmed and gets to a temperature that's more appropriate for your body, especially in non, like we're not talking about in sub-zero, but when you're talking about in cold but athletic environments, breathing through the mouth could really be a problem, especially if you're a kid. I, I As a kid, Dave, I had horrendous near debilitating asthma that, you know, always was worse in cold weather. And um, um, breathing through the mouth is what you do when you have asthma. So it, it's this becomes this vicious cycle. Uh, so it's very important that you identify if you're breathing through your mouth, you, how much you're breathing in a period of time, in a minute. Um, and there are exercises you could do in the short and long term that can help correct that. But uh, um, is, is there a, is there an optimal number of breaths you should take in like just resting position? Uh, I don't. I believe it's like as low as six and like to to ten in a in a sixty minute. Uh, sorry, in a sixty second period. So okay. you know, there, not to go off on this path, but there's an exercise you do where you just you. You don't tr totally blow out every bit of air, but you exhale so you're pretty much at the bottom of your exhale. And then what you do is you hold your breath. And it's not when you feel like you need to take a breath, but your your throat, your tongue at some point is going to give this little involuntary twitch, which is your body saying, hey, we're used to you breathing. Where's the oxygen? Um, and if you can't get to like 15 or 20, which most people can't because they breathe so rapidly that that's where you you know <clears throat> you're breathing off pace and you need to do there's some ex very simple exercises you can do to work on that and if i like no. i said the oxygen advantage by tim mccown is the best book you could get no i like that i always say i write down two or three books per episode 
I got a yeah. uh, my yeah, kid, his my last kid. name is it's it's spelled M C capital K E O W N McCown. Got it. I'll put that in the show notes for our, our listeners. Okay, going go to the next, I guess, item on our theme of putting something in your body reduces the body's ability to, I guess, function normally. Uh, greenies moved into the, I guess that was pretty popular in the 70s. It was, a, again, a preemptive thing. Maybe post two after games, guys were tired, playing 162 games, you know, playing pretty much every day. and the, I guess the function, me looking, I, I played professionally, but never never touched them. But I liken it to maybe coffee times 100. Uh, based on what people said, it would get you alert, uh, more or less. So what are, what are uh, give us some insight on that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, again, I, I grew up playing uh, sports at the same time and never experienced that, saw those things. I think, you know, I, I think, Dave, also what we're trying to get to is like we recognize these things are out there. Some of them may have been initiated for a good reason, and just like you know, so many good things are misused, um, can be misused. So you know, perhaps there was a time and a place. I mean, I remember the stories about the child stars of early Hollywood, uh, Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland. You read stories; they were pumped up on amphetamines to get them to you know work twelve, fourteen, sixteen hours a day, and then they'd need to go on a, depress- a depressant to get, bring them down so they could sleep. So these these are problems that we've faced as a society for a long period of time. I think part of our, our, our theme here is we're trying to work our way through the process of finding things that can benefit us, can aid us in, in performance and recovery, and have a minimal uh, likelihood not only of being abused, but have, have side effects that could be more detrimental than what we're trying to prevent. And I think it's important to mention, at least I always say, I don't have the answer. I know, <clears throat> sorry, I have uh, allergy sufferer myself here. I, I know I would be in a position where if my livelihood depended on it. I'd want to try anything I could to make me recover as best I could and to do things that were going to keep me in good stead physically and mentally. So, you know, I think I want everyone to keep that in mind. I, 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 and I know you feel this way. We're not being judgmental. But we're just recognizing there is at this point, we don't know of anything that's the perfect uh, uh, supplement. So you have to beware when this next new thing comes along that it's not a panacea necessarily. And there's going to be some good and some bad. I think that's great advice for our listeners. Again, we're, yeah, we're not promoting any of this and we're, we're offering some insight into, as you mentioned, these, these aids were brought about uh, with hopes of helping performance and recovery. Uh, but as you, you so eloquently said, there's, you know, you've, you've got to examine the ability or the possibility that it's going to be abused because we have a, we are a society of excess and the, the side effects, you, you need to research it uh, well enough to know what happens at the end uh, to these people. Real quickly, you mentioned caffeine. I mean, caffeine is one of the, most well-known and effective performance enhancers that there is. I mean, it's a, it's a stimulant in, in the sense that it, obviously we, we know why, you know, coffee is so popular, but it's effective. And there's been a lot of studies that have been done. And, and, you know, there's a reason the NCAA tests for, and the international Olympics test for caffeine level, because at some point it could be used to a point where it gives you a, a, a big competitive advantage. So, 
it definitely works. And it, you know, on uh, all honesty, it's one of the safest substances you could take. You know, again, people like to demonize a lot of these uh, substances that have a, a, a positive effect on you. Uh, again, it's because the potential is always there to abuse it. But, you know, I know people that, you know, avoid caffeine to the excess. Again, I'm not talking about drinking 10 cups a day. There's nothing wrong with having a couple of cu- cups of coffee a day. And there's other substances, there's other things contained in coffee that make it beneficial as well. And like I said, caffeine in general is a well-documented, well-regarded performance enhancer. I Yeah, without it, I, I wouldn't be so effective on our podcast. I, I tend to enjoy my coffee all hours of the day. So yeah, no, I, I, I love the way you put put this stuff. And, and I've jotted so many notes down, not just for our show, but for myself, because... I'm learning new stuff as well with our audience as, as you're talking. Well, let's, let's jump into, I know we're, we're getting close on, on time, but I don't want to cut us short. I want to make sure we get to it. The newest, uh, you know, we, we, we've had steroids become a possibility. We've talked that on, on a few of the shows, especially with the Aaron Judge or Run Chase, who was debate on, you know, steroids, how much did it help Barry Bonds? If he, he hasn't even been a really, I, I don't even know if he's really been uh, actually caught, to be honest. So, um, you know, painkillers have been used, but what about this new CBD uh, that Major League Baseball is now partnering with? Um, what would be your cautionary tale, I guess, without demonizing it? Uh, but what would be your message to well, I, I, you know, be, beware of the the pitfalls of any of these substances. I, I can't believe anything is side effect free. However, I do agree that there's a spectrum of side effects that go from acceptable to unacceptable. I mean, you want to use an extreme example, Dave, look at all the prescription drug commercials we get during, mostly I watch sports on TV. So I'm going to say when I watch a sports event, the side effects for those drugs are worse in some cases than the, the, the circumstance they're trying to treat. So let's, let's keep that perspective. You know, there's a lot of severe side effects. Uh, I think that the thing with CBD is it seems to be something uh, that there's going to be some confusion about because I think there's people who are less informed and I had to you know work on this myself. It's not pot. So it's not like the same thing you get when you see people um, you know vaping or smoking pot where even where pot is legal. Again, the active ingredient in pot in that kind of pot to quote get high is THC. There's not THC in the CBD oil. That's why it's becoming it's becoming legal. And it's derived from hemp. Um, now, I'm sure, you know, hemp could be misused too. But again, CBD oil is supposed to be free of THC, which is the which is the active ingredient in pot. So this is going to do something to, to dull your pain. Everybody I know here in New Jersey where it's legal has it for a pain condition. And, you know, I still, I, I can't believe, you know, I'm not, an advocate of uh, uh, unfettered pot use, but at the same time, I can't believe it's that much worse or any worse or worse at all than the opioids that have been pumped into people for the last 20 plus years. And and the other painkillers that we know were being used in the NFL and other, and other sports. Yeah. I, you know, the, the question I had when I saw it come out and you cleared some of it up for me today but uh, the other point that you've made so well in each one of these is that do we know enough about the back end of, of let's say, CBD? Uh, and the reason I ask that is because MLB, as we know, is it's a major brand. It's a global brand. And anything that's done by an MLB player 
immediately trickles down to the grassroots and, you know, anywhere from, you know, simple things like what batting gloves they wear to, you know, guys chewing or dipping uh, to, you know, now we've got CBD going on. It has an effect on the youth. I mean, do, do you think we know enough about it yet the back end to, or, or I guess here's a better question. Is MLB irresponsible in this Uh, I I think it's easy to jump on them. Here's what I would say, Dave, and I think we'll we'll bring this full circle to our original point. If this results in the 12-year-old kid taking CBD oil before he pitches instead of the Advil, then I think we're still in the same place because the message is you're going to take something to kill the pain before you even do something. And that's not necessarily pain that you want to – it's not – it is not pain you want to ignore. So, Dave, if we're having this conversation in two years – or even next summer, and you tell me you were at a tournament and they were having CBD gummies before they go out on the field, then we have a problem. And that's yeah. that, and and to be honest with you, I hate to say it, but that's where we're going. That's that's all this is. This is you know Nolan Ryan did Tylenol and Advil, whichever he used to advertise. So this will be just the next thing that well at some point you're going to have the twelve year olds taking CBD gummies before their start. Yeah. And the solution, and you, you mentioned this in the middle of the podcast, is for our audience and our, our kids out there, the coaches, the parents, all the way up to the major leagues. The solution is not that it's going to cure all, but you're, you put yourself in a better position if you sleep well, if you eat well, and if your body's in the proper condition, you're doing the right things to be prepared for your task. It's not going to, you're not, not going to, we're not promising you'll be pain free, but you'll be in a better position to allow your body to properly react to the pain and possibly develop some better, uh, a better ability to heal itself down the road. Um, that was a great message, Sal, to all these guys. I, uh, I think we're going to get good feedback on this. What, what's your parting shots today? I mean, I want you to get parting shot, but also how can these kids find you? How can these uh, coaches so, find since you? We, since we were talking about inflammation and anti-inflammatory and, and the body's ability to fight inflammation, I think if you're trying to do these things, and give your kid the best shot, and then you're at Dunkin' Donuts getting them the Frappuccino and six Munchkins, you're you're way out of line with how your kid's being treated because those um, kinds of foods are going to do more to impede their progress mentally and physically than anything else you could do. Now, am I saying that you never have it? No, but I see it all too often, the same people, the same places, the same treats, whether it was at summer tournaments or at the local Dunkin' Donuts or the emails that we got about telling parents what tailgating items to bring for games between uh, for um, snacks between games. It's all that kind of food. And the sooner we get off that, and I include the sports drinks in that and, you know, similar substances uh, to, to muffins and munchkins, the sooner we could get off of that, the sooner our kids will be on a better path. I love it. It's a great message. And, and how can our audience find you? Sal's a phenomenal speaker, uh, fantastic developing uh, young and older athletes, uh, just depth over breadth. I say that about him all the time. He gets deep into each individual uh, person and, and is a great, great person at developing performance. So, Sal, how can our audience reach you for any number of those opportunities? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Sal Marinello, and my email address is Coach Sal M at protonmail.com. Right now, those are the best places to get me. Uh, I'll have a website up and running a little sooner, uh, a little sooner than later. 
but I'm still working on that. And I also have a sub stack, Coach Sal M, that you could find me. And um, I'm in the process of upgrading that as well. So those are the best places as of now. That's that's fantastic. And I could speak from personal knowledge. We, we've sent athletes to Sal to work with and nothing but rave, rave reviews in terms of uh, how he approaches the workouts, how deep it is, and just his ability to demand from athletes and help them uh, uncover uh, and discover how, how much talent abilities they have, uh, demand and discipline without without being demeaning. And I, I think that's a great, uh, great approach. So Sal, thanks again. Thank you. you know, we're episode 62 right now, The Hot Corner with Coach Sal, rendition number five. Uh, Sal, great show again. We appreciate you, buddy. You're fantastic. Thanks, Dave. Look forward to next week. Okay, we'll see. We'll see you then.